Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My dear fellow redeemed, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Happy Graduate Recognition Sunday and a happy Memorial Day. There's such a dichotomy between those two things. We recognize our graduates today. That's one of the highest places in life you can feel. You're, you're on top of the world. You've got your whole life ahead of you. It's a time that is filled with excitement and joy and future plans. And then there's Memorial Day. We commemorate those who sacrificed everything for our freedom. They gave up those future plans. They gave up that excitement and made the ultimate sacrifice. The difference in these two things illustrates well what it's like to, look, to live life here on earth. Life's not fair and it never has been. Well, I guess that depends on how you look at it. For many, life is all about this world, the here and now. And this roller coaster of life can take you to extremes. You get the mountaintop feeling of graduating and having so much to look forward to. But then eventually you get to one of those valleys of life where life hits you hard. You have a loved one who doesn't end up returning home. The disciples lived in a world similar to ours. They looked around and they had experienced some high highs and some low lows. In our lesson today from Acts chapter 1, we see the disciples conversing with their risen Lord Jesus. They wonder if Jesus might stick around for a little while, clean up the earth, raise up some of those valleys and turn them into mountains. Christ does rule this kingdom here on earth, but he also has a heavenly kingdom. That's a kingdom that lasts forever. Christ secured his kingdom through his suffering. And now he uses us, his witnesses, to advance that kingdom. And we look forward to the day when Christ returns on the last day and makes that kingdom complete. Here are the words of our sermon text from Acts chapter 1 on this Ascension Sunday. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave, the, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, 
into the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is God's word. Few get to witness firsthand the dealings of the ruler of their kingdom. But that's what we see the disciples getting throughout their life. They got to live through the Gospels. They were called by the Lord Jesus to follow him and learn from him. They got to witness those amazing miracles and the powerful preaching of Jesus. They got to hear Jesus speak about his purpose, why he came to this earth. Jesus' purpose was simple. He was on a rescue mission. He had previously explained to his disciples that he was going to save the world through his suffering. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. After three years of witnessing the life of Jesus, the disciples witnessed his suffering and his death. Their Lord was taken from them and nailed to a cross. But then three days later, they witnessed his victory. They saw his resurrection. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. There was no doubt this same Jesus who they had watched suffer and die was now alive. He was the living one. The disciples got to witness the perfect life of Jesus and then they witnessed that suffering and death. Now they witnessed that he was alive. He had done what he had promised. He had saved them. As we read God's word, we too witness the saving work of Jesus. As the disciples went about living their life, though, they had some confusion about what the saving work of Jesus really meant. They thought maybe he was going to stick around and fix up the earthly kingdom. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? We get that. We can look at the world around us and see all the evil. We'd love for all of the wickedness to be taken away. And Jesus is ruling here on earth. But the kingdom of God is more than just a place on a map. God's kingdom is that reign of Christ in our hearts as we hear his suffering and death and as the Holy Spirit works faith within us. Jesus could have responded with anger to his confused disciples who still didn't quite get it. Instead, he decides to respond calmly and with love. He reminded his disciples that his kingdom would come how and when he saw fit. He was in control during his life. He was in control during his death. And he's still in control to this day. Christ's kingdom comes 
how and when he so desires. If you've ever experienced your parents leaving from work, they might leave you a list of things to accomplish until they get home. And if you've ever failed to do some of the tasks on that list, and then you see mom pull into the driveway, you know what fear looks like. Jesus ascended into heaven, but he's left us with a task. He has called us to be his witnesses. We're called to share what we have seen, the joy that we've experienced. But here in America, we're not always quite so keen on being legal witnesses in court. People will do and say just about anything to weasel out of their time in the court of law. People will make up every excuse in the book why they have to miss jury duty. Some people will even witness a car crash and will drive away because they don't want to have to be witnesses in court. We're pretty good at weaseling out of witnessing about our Savior. And it's not normally because we've got our eyes locked on the sky trying to catch every last glimpse of our ascending Lord. If our issue was that we were diving into our Bible with veracity, trying to catch every glimpse of Jesus' majesty, maybe we would need an angelic nudge, a reminder to get out and share what we're witnessing. But based on our numbers for worship attendance and Bible study, I'd say we tend to skew in the other direction. We're not witnessing Jesus' glory and majesty as we could be. If we were, we would know the impact that witness has. We see God working through his words, strengthening our faith. We see God changing the hearts and lives of others as we share what Jesus did for us. It's difficult to be a witness, to go to the ends of the earth, especially with what little free time we do have. Even when we do get those moments where we're in conversation with someone who we care about, it can be difficult to turn things spiritual. It just might not feel like the right time to talk about Jesus and share what he's done to change our lives. I think about even when we go out and intentionally have the purpose of sharing Jesus, like when we go canvassing as a church Wednesdays at 5.30. I'll knock on someone's door and the person opens it, holding back their dog from attacking me. And Satan likes to whisper in my ears. There's just too many distractions. The dog is just too loud. Plus, they're not going to listen to what you have to say anyway. Thank God that his kingdom isn't built on the power or the worth of his witnesses. If Christ's kingdom was built on us, it'd be a disaster. Christ's kingdom is built on Jesus, the king. We see him securing that kingdom as he sheds his blood for us on the cross, forgiving our sins forgiving us for all those times when we fail to be his witnesses. Now he's given us a task to do. Go out and share what we've seen. But we're not left alone as we go out and we witness. Jesus' ascension is not a retirement. 
Jesus is still living and ruling in heaven. He is in control of the earthly kingdom as he uses us, his witnesses, to advance his heavenly kingdom. I've got a soft spot for those videos of people from the military making a surprise visit to their family. It's, it's amazing that the two parties, they still love each other. They, they care about each other. But talking on the phone and visiting over Zoom just isn't quite going to cut it forever. It's just not perfect. And you see on the video, the, the person surprises their family and, and everyone is crying. The family is crying and the person returning is crying. My eyes are even getting a little red and watery. It's, it's just so beautiful. It's happy. It seems, it seems so perfect. But there are so many families who don't get that return. And even those who do, that initial joy can fade and old family conflicts can re-arise. Life still just isn't perfect, even with their loved one back. We await the day when our king will return. Jesus is coming back. That's the message of those two men dressed in white, the angels. They tell us, this same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus will return just as he went, soft, gentle, tender, and filled with love. Jesus' final words could have fell like fire and brimstone on us, his imperfect witnesses. But instead we hear in, Matthew, in Luke's gospel that Jesus was blessing his disciples as he ascended into heaven. Maybe he was using the same words that we use today as a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. We await when we will receive that completed kingdom of Christ filled with eternal peace and joy. We await the day when our king will come back, gently floating down on the clouds, surrounded by his followers. He tells us, I've prepared somewhere amazing for you. Come with me. Christ's kingdom is complete. Even with the mountaintop moments of life, like graduation, we still recognize the reality that eventually the roller coaster has to come down. We still see war in our world around us. We see families who don't get that happy reunion. But God is in control. Christ is in control of this kingdom in the here and now. And he's in control of his eternal spiritual kingdom. He secured that kingdom for us by suffering in our place. And he now advances that kingdom through us, his witnesses. And he's coming back. He's coming back to complete that kingdom and bring us eternal peace. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And he's coming back to take us home. Amen.
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we join together to confess our faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 11 of the bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Lord Jesus, great champion of our salvation, we praise you for ascending to heaven after your stunning victory over sin, Satan, and the grave. We praise you for completing your Father's rescue plan and for receiving from him all authority in heaven and on earth. Assure us each day that because you live and reign, our sins are forgiven, life is worth living, and death holds no terrors. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, living head of the church, we praise you for gathering us around your good news to be joined to you and united with one another. We praise you for the many dedicated servants of the word who proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins to people from all nations, also to us. Equip us to be instruments of your peace in our time and place. Open our mouths to speak your good news and change our lives so that we reflect the beauty of the teachings of God our Savior in everything we do. Especially we ask that you bless the ministry of all of the pastors and vicars who were called into your harvest fields this past week especially Ryan Gergel, who was called to be our new vicar starting in August, and Barton Cox, our former vicar, who was called to a mission restart in Canyon Country, California, and Ori Tomford, called to a mission mission restart in Burlington, Iowa. Lord, in your mercy. Hold in your care, Lord, those who are experiencing physical or emotional pain and all who are afflicted by disease or facing death. Bless all those affected by war in Ukraine, by the recent mass shootings in our country, and all the lesser-known acts of violence. Be with Alice Rollins, who goes into surgery, in for surgery this Thursday, and Tremaine Hawkins, who is in the hospital with a blood clot in her lung. Comfort the Terrell family as you have taken their brother Jay home to you this past week. And this Memorial Day weekend, comfort all who remember a loved one who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Pour out your compassion on the grieving and comfort the mourners who miss someone they love. Lord, in your mercy. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. Ascended Savior, continue to plead for us. In your name we pray. Amen. At this time, we get the opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. 
As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. At this time, all our graduates may come forward to the, the front here. All right, now, if you guys would face the congregation, and I'm going to ask you to say your name and where you graduated from and what your next steps are, okay? My name's Charlie Herman. I'm graduating from Union Grove High School, and I'm going to Georgia Southern to study finance. My name is Bailey, and I'm graduating from Porterdale in... That works, Porterdale Elementary. Awesome. Linda Payne. My name is Gladys Payne, and I'm graduating from Porterdale Elementary. River? My name is River, and I graduated from PQ. And Very good. You're going to kindergarten next year? Yeah, kindergarten. Awesome, awesome. Congratulations, you guys. And if, if you guys want to stay up here, if you want to stay up here, we want to say a prayer for you. Is that okay? Can we say a prayer for you? So you guys stay up here, and we will pray for you, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts of your grace that these young men and women are. Thank you for protecting them and guiding them through their education to this point. Be with them and strengthen them in the future. Enable them to use the lessons they have learned to advance their own welfare, to serve others, and to glorify your name. 
As they step into an uncertain future, strengthen them through your word and sacraments that they may be comforted and reassured by your presence. Bless their families that they may continue to support them and encourage them and help them learn that all that they accomplish that is worthwhile will be through Christ who strengthens them. In Jesus' name we pray.